Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We pray you find this resource edifying, faithful to Scripture, and Christ-exalting. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. Austin McCormick here with my co-host, as usual, Dewey Doval. And uh, the topic for our discussion today is gospel parenting in an upside-down world. Uh, we're going to be talking about what the Bible teaches about parenting children, and our special guest today is Brother Tim Hoke. So welcome to our podcast, brother. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're really appreciative for your willingness to take some time to talk to us about the important subject of parenting. And brother, you are a first-time interviewee to our show, so can you begin our conversation before we start talking about parenting by telling our audience a little bit about yourself? Um, sure, just a little bit. Um, was brought up in a Christian home, had a really sweet, godly mom and dad. Um, not reformed in their theology at all, but that came later. And uh, learned a lot from my mom and dad about a lot of things. Had a very formative influence on me. Uh, went off to college, studied for the ministry, pastored a church in South Carolina for 13 years, a little Reformed Baptist church. And um, we have two boys who are now in their mid to late 40s, and between those two boys, they've given us 11 grandchildren. Our oldest son has um, six children, three boys, three girls, and two of the girls are adopted, uh, which we're just thrilled with. Our youngest son has five boys. So mostly we do boys. Uh, so my illustrations in parenting classes usually are about Johnny, and Johnny is none of my grandchildren, <laughs> okay? Um, uh, after South Carolina, we moved to Kentucky, where we live now. We moved in 1988, and I became the administrator of Heritage Christian School, which at that time was just preschool through fourth grade. And um, we we had probably at that time maybe about 80 or 90 students. Um, I was the administrator of, of Heritage for 33 years, retired just at the end of not just this past school year, but the one before that, the 2021 school year. Uh, but still, I'm active, uh, still do chapel for the kids at school and and um, helping the new administrator find her way through all the ins and outs of operating a Christian school. But my heart has been involved with children for as long as I can remember. Um, our boys were born the first two years into our marriage, and the second two years later, and then, of course, being involved with the school for so long, I've been around kids and parents for uh, most of my life, and uh, I I found it to be both a challenge and a joy to be involved with parents and kids at that level. So it's that that's been my heart for a long, long time for oh, probably thirty plus years, and uh, and over that time. God has given me the opportunity to teach parenting classes to lots and lots of groups of people in many different settings. We've done them as adult Sunday school classes. We've done them as evening classes for our school parents. Um, I did one a couple of years ago for our local CareNet Pregnancy Center for uh, mostly single moms and mostly unconverted. And how do you teach biblical parenting to that group? Well, that was a that was a pretty good challenge, but it went well. Um, so we've done it in lots and lots of contexts, but that's been my heart for a long, long time. 
Tim, a few months ago, you taught a series at Grace Reformed Baptist Church that focused on parenting. And since today's conversation is on the subject of gospel parenting in an upside down world, would you be willing to tell our audience a little bit about that series? I think it would be a really great place to start our discussion on this very important subject. Sure. Um, the class I've done on parenting have changed uh, titles uh, over the years. It began years ago with Parenting by the Book, which had a reference to the Bible as our source book for parenting. Then um, the the class I taught for the single moms, mostly unconverted, was called What Do I Do After Diapers? Because most of those moms were getting help from the pregnancy center for the for keeping their child to birth and then helping them get on their feet. So that was structured a little differently. <clears throat> then the last, um, <coughs> excuse me, the last two or three times <clears throat> I've taught that class, we've called it parenting, gospel parenting in an upside down world. And the reason for that is obvious. If you look at the world around us, it is upside down. The way I grew up, I'm, I'm in my early 70s. Um, the way I grew up, there was still a basic God consciousness. There was still a sense of right and wrong in society in general. That is altogether gone. And so now we have a world where um, it's not altogether clear and set in stone that boys are going to be boys and girls are going to be girls. It's not set in stone that kids are going to be raised in a two-parent home. It's not set in stone that that two-parent home is going to be a mom and a dad instead of two dads or two moms. So it, from, the, from the standpoint of Scripture, that's an upside-down world. And we're trying to bring the teaching of the Bible to bear on parenting in that particular context where everything is topsy-turvy around us. And we're trying to cut a straight path through all of that crazy stuff that's out there and we need to do it with a gospel perspective because parenting is hard. It's just plain hard. And we can, we can overemphasize. Um, we, we, we can spend too much time talking about discipline and law and rules and punishment and all those kind of things. And if we leave out the grace of the gospel, we've, we've kind of let our parents out here dangling with little hope and, and little encouragement, but there is all the encouragement in the world in the gospel that Jesus Christ commanded the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. And there's hope for me. There's hope for me as a parent. There's forgiveness for my gazillion parenting failures. There's grace for my kids. Their hope is the gospel. And, and part of our responsibility as parents is to help them understand how they come into this world and what they desperately need to be uh, the people God designed them to be. So strong emphasis on the gospel, strong emphasis on how that works itself out in a world that has gone absolutely crazy. Um, so that's why we called it what it was, gospel parenting in an upside-down world. Um, I, I, can, I can quickly buzz through the topics we covered in that class, if that would be helpful. Okay? Yeah, sure. Um, we started, we, we had 10 lessons. And uh, our intro was uh, began with the sufficiency of Scripture because the Bible is our source book. 
That's our authority, and the Bible is sufficient to equip the man of God for every good work, and that includes parenting. So we got to go to the Bible. So we set that up right out of the gate. We talked about the difficulty of the task. Um, I mean, we're dealing with sinful kids, and we as parents are sinners. We've got the, the complex world of technology to work our way through. We've got the general degeneration of our culture, the prevailing view of children, um, and a thousand other things that make parenting in this day a real challenge. So we talked a little bit about those things. Then we talked about requirements for parenting. What do you need to be a really good parent? Well, you need things like the fear of the Lord, courage, a gentle and compassionate posture. You need wisdom, perseverance, and consistency. You need a close personal walk with God, and we tried to open up all those things for requirements for parents. The role of parents. This is going to sound this is going to sound a little silly, okay? But we start talking about the role of parents by saying we are the parents. Um, the Duke of Windsor in a visit to the United States, this has been decades ago, um, asked what what did he think about um, our culture here in the United States? And he said something like, I'm amazed at how well the parents obey their children. Well, that's upside down. <laughs> um, so we are the parents, and they are uh, the children. Um, so as in our role as parents, we're the primary evangelists in the lives of our kids, primary intercessors, primary role models, and primary teachers. Now we spent a whole week, I mean a whole lesson, just talking about our role as a teacher and what our teaching must be like. And we drew lots and lots of material in the book of Proverbs on what our teaching should be like. We talked about the nature of our children. What are they? And I always just let that question hang for a minute. What are they? Because you expect everybody's going to say sinners, but that's the last thing we talk about. They're, they're unique individual image bearers of God. They're moldable, pliable creatures. And, our, and we talk about how our fingers as parents are always on the clay, always, 24-7, they're always on the clay, molding and shaping our children. Um, uh, the nature of our children, they're either boys or girls, period. No discussion. Well, I, we actually did discuss that for quite a bit, but they come, they come out of the womb, either boys or girls, period, by God's design. And then we talk about they do come out as sinners, and we explore that part of their nature. Uh, we spend some time with Ephesians 6, 4, and it's addressed primarily to fathers, but not exclusively. So we talk about what fathers must not do, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. And what they must do, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And we spent a long time talking about what bring them up means. It means to take them by the hand and lead them. Our kids' eyes are on us all the time, and we've got to be leading them through all of the different scenarios of life. And that's a huge responsibility. Uh, then we jump into discipline, the different methods. Um, and we end up that section on discipline by talking about the use of the rod, uh, which in our parlance is spanking. And uh, there is a place for that. The Bible is crystal clear about that. And there are, there are all sorts of parameters around that to keep it from ever degenerating into child abuse. We're as strong against child abuse as anybody on the planet. Spanking, when it's done biblically and out of love, is not child abuse. 
a case could be made that if we don't discipline our children well and faithfully, that is child abuse. We're setting them up for failure. So we talk about different methods of discipline. We talk about, um, this is, um, this will probably date me, okay? But we actually do a whole lesson on teaching manners to our children. Whatever happened to that? Um, that's gone by the wayside, but, I, but it's important. When Jesus was a boy, the Bible says that he grew in stature and in favor with God and men. He grew in favor with men. He was not rude. He was not obnoxious. People liked having him around because he was a sweet boy. He was a boy. He got dirty. He played with the neighborhood kids. But he, but he, he gained the favor of men. And so we teach our kids manners. They need to be growing in favor with men. Um, the last two lessons we do, uh, or that we did at Grace Reformed, uh, we talked about navigating the complex world of technology, which has become increasingly complex and difficult and challenging. We talk about screen time. We talk about uh, video games. We talk about should they have a phone, should they not have a phone, and and I'll, I'll just say at this point, there's not one standard answer that fits every different situation on whether you have a phone or not, okay? But we talk about technology issues. And the last thing we talk about is navigating the complex world of boyfriend-girlfriend relationships. And we talk about dating. Um, and that's always an interesting one, especially, again, in a culture that's gone haywire. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you for giving us an outline of the lessons that you taught at Grace Reformed Baptist Church that was especially uh, providentially time, timely for my family. I had a daughter that had just turned two, and so that was hmm. many months ago now, so she's two and a half, and uh, that was very, very helpful for right whenever she turned to helping us think through many of these topics that Brother Tim uh, just said that he mentioned in his teaching series. and. Uh, we are thankful for your willingness to talk to us. We imagine or could envision that each of these questions that we're about to ask you could turn into a Sunday school question in themselves. So, um, yeah, we're, we're sorry for setting you up in that way. But uh, this next question, we want to just talk about the importance of uh, parenting and parental responsibility. So with this theme in mind that you've been telling us about gospel parenting in an upside-down world, um, what does the Bible say about the responsibility of parents towards their children? Well, um, some of the things we've said already touch on that. Um, parents, I, I'll, I'll give it to you in a sentence. Parents bear the primary responsibility to train and teach and evangelize and instruct and mold and shape their children. It's their responsibility. It's not the babysitter's job. It's not the daycare facility's job. It's not the school teacher's job. If your kids go to a, a, a traditional classroom kind of school, or even if they're part of, say, a, um, a homeschool co-op where they're under somebody else's authority for a good part of a day or a few days a week or however that looks, um, we as parents still bear the primary, and the Bible sets that right at our feet. We bear the primary responsibility. It doesn't say 
farm your kids out. It says, fathers, you bring up your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And and I, I Ephesians 6, 4, focus on fathers, but go back to the book of Proverbs and see how many times Proverbs refers to mothers. Do not despise the teaching of your father and your mother. And it's many, many, many times the Proverbs, mothers are pulled into that equation of, of having a responsibility for their kids. So it, it's basically our responsibility to prepare them to live in this world. And that's huge. This is a hard place to live. I mean, we're here as pilgrims, right? Um, and so hopefully we will have the kind of influence on our children that God will bless to their conversion. Um, and, and we understand that God uses many means in the conversion of our children. Parents are one of the primary means God uses. Um, the Bible talks to us about how we must teach our, our children. And, and that covers a wide, wide, wide range of subjects and topics and, and things we need to teach them. Um, our children will learn from us just by watching. Their eyes are on us all the time. Our fingers are on the clay all the time. So just in terms of biblical responsibility, we've got to bring our kids up um, to function in this world as responsible, mature, um, young adults, older adults. Um, and, and that's what's laid at our feet. And we have all of the grace of the gospel and the wisdom of the scriptures at our disposal to do that task. In our more confessionally reformed circles, there are often important discussions of how the law and gospel should shape our Christian lives. So, Tim, in light of your studies of scripture and on the subject of parenting, what roles should the law and gospel play in how we raise our children? You should have a whole lot of law and you should have a whole lot of gospel. How's that? <laughs> I know you want more than that, okay? You know, Tim, that could definitely be a tweet. So I think you definitely got to the heart of that question in the way that you responded. I think I think when when I was when my wife and I um, back in the mid seventies were having our kids, um, the emphasis then when we were raising our children was a lot of a lot of law, a lot of um, Punitive discipline. There, there are different there are different kinds of discipline. There's formative discipline. There's negative discipline. There's punitive discipline. Um, there was a lot of emphasis on. Um, th this is too stark a statement, okay? But do this or else. And you lay down the law, and these are the requirements. And if you don't meet them, you get punished. And there wasn't a lot of. Um, there wasn't, this is going to sound harsh, I guess, but there wasn't a lot of compassion and patience and understanding, and there wasn't a lot of gospel back in those days when, when some really good Christian writers were um, putting books out having to do with parenting. One that was very, very helpful uh, to us in our early childhood years was Withhold Not Correction by Bruce Ray, um, and I still recommend that book today. It's got a lot of really good, helpful stuff in it. But if it's if it's imbalanced in one way or another, it was way more on discipline and not so much 
and law and not so much on gospel. And now I think the pendulum has shifted way over to the other direction, and there's a lot of gospel emphasis, almost to the point of letting our kids get away with stuff because we're forgiving and we're gentle and we're compassionate. And it was, oh, that's okay. Don't worry, Johnny. It's okay. Jesus forgives you. Well, that's an important element. But as with most most pendulum swings, we got to get that pendulum back here in the middle. And there's a place for rules and requirements, and they need to be clear, and there need to be consequences. And along with that, there needs to be a constant emphasis on the gospel. There's hope, there's forgiveness, there's grace to be had. You're not in this thing alone. And yes, um, you just got spanked for lying to your mother, right to her face, stomping your foot and rebelling against her authority. So yeah, your little, your little bottom got tanned. Um, but let me tell you something, my son. The only thing that's going to change that is when is when your heart changes, and only God can do that. But let me tell you how God does that. And let me tell you about what Jesus did for sinners just like you so that your heart can change. And, and those are discipline situations we often take as interruptions. They're not interruptions. They're God-given opportunities to give the law and the gospel to our kids. Good doses of both. And we got to get that pendulum back in the middle. Yeah, that's really helpful uh, to consider using both the law and the gospel in parenting. But another conversation or another piece of this conversation that we want to um, bring into this discussion is how parents can raise their children together as a cooperating team, or at least how they're not fighting against one another uh, whenever they're parenting. So, uh, I'll ask you a series of questions, and then um, we can lump it all in together in one of your answers, however you see fit to, to respond. But what helpful advice would you give to fathers and mothers in order that they properly parent together? And what are some ways that you have observed that parents have worked against one another, either intentionally or unintentionally? And maybe you could give some advice about how to uh, prevent that. Yeah, Um it's one of the oldest tricks in the book for kids to pit parents against each other. So um, mom and dad really have to have their act together and they need to spend some time uh, before, before the first child is born, they need to spend some time doing some study and reading. And, and I've got a whole list of books and things I recommend for resources. And maybe we get to that a little bit later, but I, I, before they even have kids, mom and dad, husband and wife need to spend some time talking through exactly how, in as many details as they can, how they're going to train their children. What what are the house rules going to be? How are we going to discipline our kids? Um, because it's so critical that mom and dad be on the same page. They've absolutely got to be on the same page. And if they're, if they're a half a page off, Johnny, see, there's Johnny. Johnny will, Johnny will recognize that, and he'll take advantage of that. So, you know, the old scenario, Johnny comes to Dad and says, Hey, Dad, can I go uh, down the neighborhood and watch a movie with Frankie? 
the first thing dad ought to say, the first words out of dad's mouth ought to be, what did your mom say? Because he's already been to mom and mom said no. So now he's going to work dad to get a yes out of dad. And as soon as he gets yes out of dad, he's out the door down the street. So when Johnny comes to dad and says, hey, dad, can I get down to Frankie? Dad says, what did your mom say? Now, mom and dad may need to have a discussion before a final answer is given because they may not have addressed that particular issue. Get that. But or when when Susie goes to mom, mom, um, can I go to uh, Jane's sleepover tonight? First question out of mom's mouth ought to be, what did your dad say? And we and just by asking that question, we're sending a message to our kids that we're, we're going to be agreed on this before anything happens. Okay, so mom and dad have got to be on the same page. And that takes a lot of work and a lot of planning and a lot of discipline on the part of mom and dad to get that stuff worked out ahead of time. There will inevitably come situations that you didn't see coming. You didn't work it out ahead of time. And there's not a thing in the world wrong with saying to Johnny or Susie, let me get back to you on that as soon as your mom and I talk about it. Or as soon as your dad and I talk about it. What we don't want to do is just rip off an answer really quickly that's going to be in conflict with the other parent. Okay, so... Parental unity on that is is absolutely critical. Um, and again, I'll give you some resources uh, later if you want to talk about some books and things. Well, we know from several places in Scripture that one of the most important aspects of parenting is discipline. And yet, unfortunately, in our current day, even amongst self-identifying Christians, the idea of disciplining a child is becoming extremely controversial. So, Tim, in our upside-down world, what advice would you give to Christian parents in regard to discipline, especially with reference to things like spanking, grounding, and the like? How, how much time do we have here? <laughs> we, could, we could talk for a long time about that. Let me, let me give you just a few. Uh, let me touch on just a few things. Um, when, when God inspired the writers of Scripture— from Genesis to Revelation, um, our upside-down culture was clearly in his view. This has not taken God by surprise. And, and even centuries ago, when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, when Solomon penned so many of the Proverbs, um, they were not reflecting... Uh, they were not reflecting an old-fashioned, out-of-date, inappropriate culture. They were reflecting God's standard for how we train and raise our children. And that knows no boundaries in terms of time, culture, historical context, etc. So, Parents have got to be committed lock, stock, and barrel to the Bible as the authority for raising our children because the Bible speaks to the issue of discipline. And it speaks to the issue of discipline because our children come into the world, as I already said, they come in as sinners. No, they're not just sinners. They're creatures made in the image of God. They're moldable and pliable creatures and, and all those things we talked about. 
But part of that is that they're sinners and they commit. Nobody, 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 nobody ever sat their kids down and said, okay, kids, now we're going to have a lesson today on how to lie. We're going to have a lesson today on how to cheat. We're going to have a lesson today on how to be ugly to your brother and sister. We're going to have a lesson today on how to disobey mom and dad. Okay, so when mom says, Johnny, would you please take out the garbage? Here's what you do. You back up, you stomp your foot three times, you shake your head violently, and you say, no, are you kidding me? No parent ever said that to their child. It's in their DNA. They come out of the womb with with that rebellion in them. And it comes out in lots of different ways. Different personalities express that rebellion in different kinds of ways. And you've got to be tuned in as parents to the particular personality of your child and how their rebellion is expressed. Some kids can be really sweet in their rebellion. And it's hard to say no to that or to discipline for that. Other kids are not quite so um, kind. <laughs> it's probably not the right word, but some kids are just in your face, rebels. And um, but, but the Bible is clear that discipline is necessary for our kids. Now, how do we do that? There are, there are um, let me give you just two or three principles. Number one is be consistent. Whatever, whatever ground rules you establish, whatever you set up, be consistent. Don't don't be all over the place. I mean, how, how how would the NFL do if the referees changed the rules every game? It'd be it'd be chaos. There there would soon be no NFL. I'm not an NFL fan, okay, but that but you you get the point. So mom and dad have to be consistent. They've got to have their act together. They've got to have their rules down, and they've got to be consistent on how they enforce them. Um, We've got to make sure that the punishment fits the crime. Um, if Johnny spills his milk at the table, is it because Johnny is just beginning to learn hand-eye coordination? Well, that okay. You didn't break a rule there. You're just growing up. Or did Johnny spill his milk because you told him, Johnny, please don't leave your glass of milk sitting on the edge of the table? I want you to set it up here above your plate where it will get knocked over. And Johnny reaches up and he puts it right on the edge of the table. And then he, wham, the the milk goes flying off the table. So that's that's different than learning hand-eye coordination. So his punishment might be, okay, Johnny, you need to go clean up the milk. I want you to get a couple of rags and I want you to get some soap and water. And I want you to clean that really good so the milk doesn't rot and stink and, and smell. Or um, you've taught your kids to always tell the truth and you catch them in a lie. And uh, does that mean anything or doesn't it? What are you going to do? Some punishment's got to come down the pike. And it may be. It may be, and this this will vary from child to child and parent to parent and situation to situation, okay? It may be that you give them a warning and they lose a privilege, but you tell them, Johnny, if you lie one more time to mom or dad today, you're going to get spanked. And the parameters have to be clearly set for how you spank a child because the point in spanking is never, 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 never to injure a child. Never. We're, we're, you, you can spank a child very effectively without ever leaving a bruise on their bottom. That's not the point. Um, and we could uh, we could talk for a long time about how you do that, but um, 
you, you've got to be careful. You've got to be wise. You've got to be cautious. But you've got to be courageous. And you've got to be willing to discipline your children. Um, and you've got to be consistent. Did I say that? You've got to be consistent. Um, you've got to keep your word. If you promise a consequence, so think before you promise a consequence, okay? But if you promise a consequence, you've got to keep your word. And sometimes it's really hard to do that. And um, one other thing, uh, be consistent. Did I say that? Uh, you, you will win or lose the battle with consistency or lack thereof. You've got to be consistent. Mom and dad have to be on the same page. There, there, there are lots of different levels of discipline. Some things deserve more stern, firm discipline, like, like in-your-face, hard-hearted, bold rebellion would call for a more stern punishment than, um, oh, Johnny, you didn't come home from playing down the street on time, you were late. Oh, I forgot. Okay, you're responsible to remember. Okay, we got to teach our kids how to work their way through that kind of stuff. But that's a little different ball game than, Johnny, would you play, please take the garbage out? What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Me take the garbage out? Mom, you got to be nuts. Well, that calls for some pretty stern discipline because that is full of disrespect for the God-established authority of the parent. Uh, and again, some of the books uh, I'll recommend will have lots of practical suggestions on how to do that. But uh, we've, got, we've got to discipline our children. And I, 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 when I was at the administrator of our school, I saw it all the time, the kids who were not disciplined. And um, we, could get the, we, could, we could get them to obey in the classroom. And as soon as mom or dad walked in the room, they turned into little monsters, some of them, because mom and dad were not careful to discipline at home. So uh, let me let me leave it there for now, if that's enough, and and, and we can press on. But um, it's so critical. Hmm. Yeah, let's transition then to uh, the books that you'd like to recommend to our audience. What resources would you recommend on parenting and the various subjects that we've been talking about related to parenting? And in addition to that, what final encouragements do you want to give our audience? Hmm. Okay, um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off a list of books here. Um, and there, there are reasons for them. The first book I recommend to parents is a book about marriage by Dave Harvey, When Sinners Say I Do. And the reason I recommend that book first is, is going back to what we talked about earlier about mom and dad need to be on the same page. If, if your marriage is not good and strong and solid, your parenting is going to stink. Okay? That's a little blunt, but it will. If your marriage is not strong and solid and biblical, your parenting is going to stink. So I always recommend, even before they have kids, read One Sinner Say I Do by Dave Harvey. Um, I'm going to recommend a book you probably can't get. It's called Signposts from Proverbs. It's a topical arrangement of the book of Proverbs by subject, and it's so helpful in those quick moments of discipline when you're, when you're trying to ground your requirement in a biblical principle. And we need to do that all the time with our kids. 
as often as we can. We've got to grind, ground what we're expecting of them in, a, in principles of scripture. So signpost probably is really helpful. If people want that, we can, we've got uh, rights to make copies of that and they can get in touch with you and we can work that out. Okay. But it's out of print now. Um, really critical book, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. Um, gets to the point of ev- everything is heart generated. Uh, all of life come out of the heart of the issues of life. Okay. So his point is not to just treat the surface behavior we see, but to get to the heart. And that's really, really, really critical. But a companion book to that, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp, is the book Don't Make Me Count to Three by Ginger Hubbard. And Ginger Hubbard takes Ted Tripp's principles and works them out in practical illustrations and examples. It's a really helpful practical application of that book um, about shepherding a child's heart. Um, There's a really good book uh, if your kids are in the teen years called Age of Opportunity by Paul Tripp. Really helpful information on how to deal with particular challenges of teenagers. If you happen to have a child who is withdrawn and angry and is barely communicative, there's an excellent book by a guy named Rick Horn called Get Out of My Face and very practical, helpful advice on how to engage a withdrawn, shut down child in conversation to get to the heart of their anger and and work out those things. Um, Parenting First Aid by Marty Matowski is really helpful for those critical situations that, that, um, you know, I'm bleeding here. I need a, I need something to put on that cut, you know, urgent situations. Marty's got some really helpful information about parenting first aid. Another Paul Tripp book is called simply called parenting. And the subtitle of that is gospel principles that can radically, radically change your family. Um, a very helpful book, parenting by Paul Tripp. Um, this is a, this is not a parenting book, but it's called a practical guide to culture by John Stone street. It's a couple of years old, but it's very, very helpful on analyzing and understanding the culture in which our children are growing up. And that's critical to how we parent them. Um, and, uh, the last book I recommend is called gospel power parenting by William Farley. And again, that's really helpful. Um, advice on on making sure we're bringing the gospel into all our parenting endeavors. Um, A word of encouragement to parents. It sounds like a daunting task, this parenting gig. And it is. It is a daunting task. Um, But the God who calls us to parenting is the God who said, my grace is sufficient for you. For, for his power is made perfect in our weakness. If you don't feel your weakness every day as a parent, then something ain't right. <laughs> because it's, um, I, I sometimes call parenting, my parenting classes, humility 101. Parenting will, will humble you. you. You sense so much your lack of wisdom. You sense so much, I, I don't know what to do. And the Bible is full of wisdom and God is a generous, gracious, giving God who loves to give liberally to his children the wisdom they need and the grace and the endurance they need for the task of parenting. God didn't call us to parenting and then back off and say, yon, yon. 
No, there's all the help in the world available for parents. So stay on your knees and beg God for the grace you need to be the parent he's called you to be. And that grace will come. Amen. Well, us younger men who host this podcast are becoming more and more aware of our need of wisdom. And so we are abundantly grateful for men like you, Brother Tim, for um, taking time to talk to us. You have life experience and you have thought deeply about the topic of parenting. And we're thankful for your godly example of parenting and the wisdom that you're able to offer. So thank you for taking the time to uh, talk with us today about gospel parenting in an upside down world. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. To our listeners, we hope that this conversation has been profitable to you, and we want to wish you grace and peace. For additional content, check out our blog ministry at covenantconfessions.com. Also, keep up with our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Next, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Lastly, thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. Grace and peace to you.
Well, Tim, you know, that could definitely be a tweet. So I think you certainly got to the heart of that question uh, with the way that you worded. Uh, no, we'll do a different one. That, that wasn't as good. All right. <laughs> you know, Tim, that could definitely be a tweet. So I think you 